In these uncertain times, it can be hard to make sense of everything that is happening across the world today. This is why the registry continues to bring its grounded and informed news coverage of everything real estate to keep you informed and better prepared to meet the challenges of the industry. We are able to deliver the reliable news you trust because of generous readers who support our work. Thank you to your commitment to journalism, especially now. And if you're not a subscriber yet, you can join us at the registrysf.com. Today, we sit down with David Carroll, Principal at Ridge Capital Investors, and Dick Scott, Divisional Vice President of PS Business Parks. Dave is a Chapter President of NAOP San Francisco, and Dick leads NAOP Silicon Valley. Today, we speak with them as representatives of their local NAOP chapters, where we discuss the impact of California Senate Bill 939 and its intended and unintended consequences on the commercial real estate market throughout the region. Here are their thoughts. Dave, Dick, uh, good afternoon, guys. How are you? Hey, Vlad. Hey, Vlad. Great to speak to you again. It's been a while. Yeah, thank you both for taking the time to chat with me. Uh, interesting times these days, for sure. Where does this podcast find you? So um, I'm um, not too far from where we last chatted. I still I live in Los Gatos. Um, my, uh, my offices are in Santa Clara. And uh, yeah, Dave? Yeah, about the same. I'm sure, as with most, I'm working from home in Piedmont, California, and our offices are based in San Francisco. Great. And everybody's, um, are your offices opening up slowly, or is it still kind of under review for now? Yeah. I mean, we, um, we, what we did is because we have real estate that houses some essential businesses, we've never completely shut down. We have yeah. certain ma- maintenance personnel that need to attend to things. And we've had a skeleton crew administratively just to kind of make sure that our tenants and customers are, um, you know, serviced. But uh, for the most part, we've all been working from home in terms of the leasing and management staff. Yeah. And ours is pretty simple. Uh, we are a very small partnership at five people. So <laughs> thankfully there's enough space to socially distance within our office. Uh, so at this point, we've been making maybe a couple of days a week, but for the most part, we're able to still do our functions from home and, you know, try to follow the guidelines to the extent we can. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, well, thank you both for joining us. Um, uh, we are speaking with you also in 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 your function as presidents of 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 your respective NAOP chapters in 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 the Bay Area. So. Dave, you're uh, heading up the NAOP San Francisco chapter, Dick, the NAOP Silicon Valley chapter. Just as kind of an introduction, if you guys can give us a little bit of an overview in terms of you know what, what NAOP does in the Bay Area, how your two chapters are active in the industry, and, and how long you've been uh, associated with them. So uh, as you alluded to, both Dick and I do have daytime jobs. So NAOP is a volunteer organization. Uh, so here, here right now, this is David Carroll, and I work for a company called Ridge Capital Investors based in San Francisco. Uh, but I've been involved with NAOP here for probably over 15 years. And I originally uh, just started attending events and making a professional network. It has now been serving locally in the San Francisco chapter on the board for over six years and am president for this year for 2020. Uh, as a way of background for the listeners, for anyone who's not familiar, nationally, NAOP is one of the largest commercial real estate organizations with over 20,000 members across 52 chapters in North America. And that puts San Francisco as actually the eighth largest chapter with over 700 members. 
And the members, if you're not familiar, make up the whole spectrum of commercial real estate professionals, but primarily are comprised of owners and developers and the transactional service professionals like leasing, sales brokers, lawyers, and so on that service that industry. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, uh, Dave, for leading there. Um, nothing to add on the national front. I mean, we do try to be the premier voice for commercial real estate. Myself, Dick Scott, um, Divisional Vice President of PS Business Parks. I represent um, Northern California for the company. Uh, I handle the P&L for about uh, 7.5 million square feet. We have in Northern California about 1,500 customers. I've been doing that for about eight years, and our product types are industrial flex and office. And before that, you know, I was uh, both a broker, I managed a brokerage office, and I've also been partners in some a developer organization, you know, a slash entrepreneurship. NAOP been involved for about 20 years, been on the board for, you know, going on seven years, current president. And uh, David and I work together on multiple initiatives, but our chapter, Silicon Valley, mostly represents Santa Clara County of uh, industrial flex and uh, an office space. Great. So um, safe to assume that over the last decade or so, while you were attending NAOP events and you know aspiring to be at the top of its leadership, I don't think you were expecting a global pandemic to arrive on your doorstep <laughs> when you became president. Um, give us maybe a little bit of kind of an overview of, of how the organization has been in helping the industry in this, in this time and sort of how you guys have been involved in uh, those efforts. David, I'll give you first right of refusal. You want to go first or second, boss? Uh, I'll certainly chime in here. It's certainly been a very bizarre year, as I'm sure Dick will speak to, too. Uh, we did not plan on this. So, you know, normally our chapter is put on over 60 events a year, in-person events. So to try to switch that to a digital format and, you know, do these webinars or these Zoom in meetings has certainly been a challenge. Although I do think that there's been some really good content uh, for anyone who hasn't had a chance to see it, both at the national and the local level from us and Silicon Valley. So I think we've been able to provide a fair amount of that to our members, still providing, you know, the educational element and the networking element that we strive to provide as an organization. But honestly, during this time, uh, what I think has really become the most important is the advocacy. So what you know we're running into coming out of this pandemic is you're going to run into budget shortfalls at the state level, the city level, yeah. the country level. And so as part of that, the municipalities are going to have to look to backfill their coffers. And, you know, commercial real estate is obviously someone that's potentially targeted. So that puts us in a position where that might actually be the biggest focus for 2020 and 2021 coming out of this. And so I think a lot of our listeners, commercial real estate professionals included, what they may not realize is that there's really not that many strong voices advocating for commercial real estate owners and landlords, especially at the local level, at the national level more so, and even at the state level. But when you get down to San Francisco and Santa Clara County, you really are looking to local chapters to really advocate for you. Um, so I think that's really going to be where we end up having the greatest effect this year. Or so I hope. Yeah. Vlad, you're going to see that Dave and I agree on most, not everything, but most everything. So I'll just try to zero in on areas that maybe I can distinguish or supplement his points. You know, we were a force multiplier, right? I mean, real estate is, is the greatest from an entrepreneurship and from a business development perspective. It contributes in a massive way for the gross national product of our country. And the number of small businesses that are in real estate 
far outnumber the, the number of institutions. So I think that's important to remember. And they do need advocacy. And we do need to aggregate some of their interests. And uh, we certainly have ramped that up this year, per David's point. So we're a force multiplier for them. All of these guys in, in Silicon Valley's situation, you know, we are one of the most, most diverse communities and economies in the world, right? I mean, the Bay Area is probably the seventh or eighth largest economy in the world if you looked at it so on its own. California is maybe the fifth largest economy in the world. But there's not a lot of representation, to Dave's point. And uh, we've ramped it up this year. And I would say that we've also ramped up education. We have a, a virtual call once every two weeks. And we've tried to time it um, and anticipate the needs of the business community and the owners on what they need to do next to stay ahead of this pandemic. And so that's been, that's been a lot of work. And I've also been meeting with the uh, supervisors for the county in Santa Clara. And I'm happy to say that you know, we did have a material, a material impact on getting manufacturing and industrial um, users and spaces open for business over the last couple of weeks. And our next charge is getting office space opened up. So we're in the trenches and uh, I can, I think I can speak for Dave, but uh, as a professional uh, and an executive as a landlord, I am on the computer or on the phone from 8 p.m. after my day job to about midnight or 1 a.m. every night trying to do workouts with my customers because we both represent both big and small business America and small business America, particularly in, in this challenge, has been disproportionately impacted. So we're analyzing financials, we're providing deferment of rent for a couple months, in some exceptional cases on a case-by-case -case basis, we're providing forgiveness. So uh, we're getting our hands dirty, uh, it's been a joy, and our members, some of which are smaller than our organizations, needed some help. So we've been aggregating legal sources and uh, brokerage sources to help out our membership. Yeah, no, and that's uh, very commendable. And so this pandemic and uh, the economic crisis that sort of ensued is is now forcing or uh, or or at least incentivizing some politicians to jump into the game and into the fray of things. Um, and so one of the things we want to talk about here is uh, for California uh, Senate Bill nine three nine and and it's and it's you know effort essentially to try to ease some of the pain if if you will for the for the tenants by allowing them to either you know cancel their rent or renegotiate um, amongst other things so tell us a little bit about sort of w what was the genesis of 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 that bill and and how how you would define its um, creation Dave, would you like me to go first or second on that one? This hot you potato. Go, you go for it. We should switch it up a little bit. So, okay. so you can go for it this time. All <laughs> right. All right. Well, thanks. Um, so listen, uh, Vlad, I mean, have you, you've couched it correctly. Um, you know, I do think his intent, Senator, I'm not Senator Weiner, nor have I talked to his staff or his chief of staff, but I believe his intent is to alleviate um, the pain on behalf of some of his supporters and um, that are experiencing, you know, pain during this pandemic. I believe he represents part of or all of San Francisco. And it, it should come as no surprise that there's a lot of restaurants and bars and forms of entertainment there. 
and his job is to represent those guys. So, you know, I can't fault him for for trying to do that. I'm sure you're going to have some some questions, you know, uh, after that comment to, you know, you know what are the flaws on it. But I think he's trying to provide some relief to his uh, to his base, um, and and that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah, and what I'd chime in there too, Vlad, is in terms of the genesis as to where this came from. I think you'd really point to two things is partly the bill is just simply an emergency response measure. So COVID-19, shelter in place, hard hit businesses, and they want to prevent seeing these businesses from going out of business, which is, as uh, Dick just said a moment ago, commendable and completely understandable. And so part of it is just a response to the emergency. But part of it is also part of this larger conversation that's been going on for a while, the changing retail landscape and the desire for everyone to, you know, save brick and mortar retail and legislators trying to find a way to create policy that accomplishes that. Uh, That, you know, as Dick was saying, a big part of this is really around bars, restaurants and entertainment venues in San Francisco as being a key driver for the genesis of this legislation. So if you were to ask Senator Weiner what he was trying to accomplish, I know he has said several times that most landlords are doing the right thing. The majority of landlords are doing the right thing and working with the customers, working with the tenants and trying to come to a solution. Nobody wants to see the small businesses or large businesses go out of business. And there's apparently this very small handful of infamous bad actors who are supposedly forcing some of these businesses out of business and demanding rents they can't pay and voluntarily evicting tenants. And that is who this measure is intended to address. That's at least the thought process that's been verbalized publicly by Wiener and his office. Yeah, makes sense. So uh, from from your perspective, and you you guys are both landlords in a, in a way, uh, you know, if this if this didn't exist, right? What what are some of the things that tenants could do? Um, what are some of the things that they are trying to do? You know, trying to negotiate with you, have discussions with you. Maybe not from a personal point of view, but from kind of an industry wide uh, perspective. What are some of the you know tactical or or you know strategic things that tenants have been trying to accomplish? Yeah, let me uh, let me let me lead on that, Dave, and then you can back clean up. Um, let me just let me just say this out loud, Vlad, and you probably know it already. But landlords use eviction as our last resort. We don't like to do it. It's expensive. It does take some time. It takes a lot of focus, and and from a from a from a final perspective. It it, ha- it forces us to acknowledge that we made a mistake in in leasing to this customer. So from an ego perspective, we hate it because it yeah. acknowledges we made a bad decision. So uh, fundamentally, Wiener's bill is ill-founded because we are very much aligned with our customers 99% of the time. Yeah. The, tech, the techniques that they would normally use is they will come in to us. And they will, in a normal situation, if it's a viable business and it wasn't, it wasn't, it, they didn't lease the premises in a fraudulent way. They'll explain their problem. We'll ask for some information so that we can understand the nature of why their business isn't doing well. And because, you know, by definition, landlords like any other business, we are trying to 
fairly, you know, make money for our stakeholders, for our for our bankers, um, for our mortgage mortgageors. You know, we are incentivized to not want to have to replace that tenant and redo the tenant improvements and to pay another commission. We don't want to do it. So yeah. we're going to start off with this massive predisposition to want to work with the customer. And that is what Dave and I are doing from 8 p.m. to 1 o'clock in the morning, six days a week. Um, and so every, every, in my case, you know, we work a lot with Small Business America because, you know, you heard our numbers. I personally oversee about 1,500 customers. It's, we try to do all of it case by case. So that means we look at bank statements. We're going to look at their business plan. We're going to look at whether they applied for a loan. We're going to figure out, you know, what kind of burn rate they have. We're going to find out if the shelter order completely shuts them down or if they can be operating a little bit or and when the shelter order will expire. And then we'll go in and we'll because it costs us so much more to replace this customer, we're going to give them some sort of opportunity to defer some rent, potentially in a retail context, forgive some rent. And then try to give them a fresh start. It won't be forever because as we're finding out now, this reaction that the legislators are having right now is I think what we're going to find out is that it's a bit of an overreaction. And, and as you can see, we're starting to open up the economy. And, and in the Bay Area, we were the, one of the first communities and legislators to put in effect shelter orders, but now they're starting to come, they're starting to be alleviated and, um, and people are going to get back to, to making money, which is all these guys want to do. Dave, yeah. w- Dave, what would you like to answer? I, I don't know. There's much to add given how perfect that answer was. Uh, I would just, I'd say reinforce the same point in that what is abundantly clear if there's nothing else being taken away from what we just said is that these businesses and the landlords, their interests are aligned. That's kind of the irony of the legislation is there is no one who wants the business to survive and thrive more than the landlord who's dependent on the rent of that business. So I don't know a single landlord who is proactively trying to push out a viable business. And if you talk to the businesses, as we've done, we actually held a NAOP webinar a couple weeks ago with retailers on just to hear what's going on in their world. And this was people who ran full service restaurants, limited service restaurants, uh, and indoor gyms in San Francisco. So all the hardest hit groups. And they all said, like, ask us for our financials. We will happily give them to you. We will show you exactly what we are dealing with right now and what we are suffering from. And all we're asking for is that everybody looks at it with open eyes and that we try to come to agreements to basically share in the financial pain that's going to find its way through the system. And the problem with this legislation, as we've spoken to, is it basically takes all that pain and just tries to lump it on one group and call them the bad guys. You know, it tries to make all commercial real estate owners the bad guys in the room and say, well, we'll take this financial revenue problem that's affecting all businesses and we'll just apply it to this one small portion of the business community. Um, so so the bill arrives and from your perspective, what was the reaction from, from the industry? Fear. <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, I think right out of the gate, people, you know, they're scared. We're, we're all very concerned. I mean, this bill could put people out of business, cause companies, small businesses, families to lose their properties to foreclosure. 
I mean, so it's honestly very frightening legislation. I'm not trying to be flippant when I say that. And there is not a single commercial real estate organization I'm aware of anywhere in the state of California that supports this legislation. Yeah, I'll just add to it that it feels a little bit like lighter fluid, but I mean, shock and disdain at the breadth and the disregard for contract law, Vlad. Um, I mean, there's a contract section in our constitution. And uh, make no mistake about it, even if Wiener was able to get this through the legislature in California, it will not stand up to the test of time because it's patently unconstitutional. So the fact that, to Dave's point, he's, he's, just or he's concentrating all the pain on one side is just, it's just unfair. And so it, it really made a lot of the entrepreneurs on the ownership side, um, angry. Yeah. And where where is the bill now? I think this week was um, it was being advanced from you know onto the next committee in the in, in the Senate. If I'm if I'm not not mistaken, what are what are some of the next steps that that are happening now? Um, I don't know the terms. Dave might be a little bit more up to speed, but I think it's been in it's in suspension right now. And that there's there's going to be um, another significant event in a week and a half or so to figure out if they can get it to one side of the legislature or not. But we were successful a little bit in delaying things. Dave, how can you yep. fill in there? Yeah, absolutely. So suspension is basically just another way of saying that the bill's been put on hold. So CBPA, California Business Properties Association is actually a group in Sacramento that lobbies on behalf of all commercial real estate owners in the state of California. Yeah. And so NAOP San Francisco and NAOP Silicon Valley, in conjunction with the other NAOP chapters throughout the state, we support that organization financially and both in our advocacy publicly. And so that organization was actually very successful uh, in their efforts with some of the state uh, legislators to get that bill put into suspension, which just means that instead of it cruising right on through to a floor vote in early June, it's put in suspension and held until, in this case, an appropriations vote on June 18th. So in about a week here, th next Thursday. And so once it goes through the appropriations vote, then it would have to, that's when they finalize some of the terminology then after the appropriations vote, and it eventually would have to come to the floor and be voted on before the end of the term, the end of August. Yeah. Are there any aspects of, of this bill that could be augmented um, that would make it more palatable? And I know this is a loaded question, and maybe there's a there's a long list of sort of bullet points of uh, yes, maybe, no kind of deal. But if you can just outline a few of those, uh, that'd be great. Dave, you want to go maybe, first? Okay. I was going to say, I might have a one-word answer, so maybe you should go first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing I know your answer. Um, I'll say this because... It's important, Vlad, for you and our membership and our supporters to know that we tried. Despite what um, Senator Weiner said in terms of open to amendments, you know, the organization that Dave just spoke to and um, a number of other coalitions uh, did try to work with Senator Weiner. And the reality is that you know, he, he didn't talk about or really seriously manifest an interest and helping the landlord side of the contract. So no abeyance for mortgages, um, nothing meaningful in perhaps disgorging some unfair enrichment because in many cases we put in millions of dollars into the improvements to some of these 
um, spaces that the tenant would get rights to terminate or to not be evicted for up to a year. And so um, at this point, uh, I don't think, you know, there's probably a lot of opportunity unless Senator Weider and his supporters said that we can work on both sides of the contract and not just one side. So I'm guessing that Dave's Dave's one-word answer was no, but you need to know, Vlad, that we tried. No, absolutely. I mean, as uh, Dick just said, it's not a two-party uh, legislation. That's the main issue. So as long as it remains a one-party legislation where it's just trying to help one small portion of the business community to the detriment of another portion of the business community, yeah. I don't know how it could ever work. Because all the landlords are still going to have their obligations, their expenses, their mortgage payments. So I don't see any way in which the bill would not lead to foreclosures. And to take that one step further, I don't know how we could ever support a measure generally that abrogates leases. There is yeah. no in-between when it comes to that. So you could never support legislation where two parties in good faith negotiate a lease contract, and now the government can step in and nullify that contract. That just doesn't really work. That sets a really dangerous precedent for the future. Yeah, it sure does. Are there any um, folks on the legislative side who are working with the, with the, with the commercial real estate folks to uh you know try to alleviate this and um make things better uh sorry so i'll say to i do want to give senator wiener some credit here in that i actually have always traditionally viewed him as being a very thoughtful understanding legislator who does listen to the business community and the commercial real estate community i'm sure many people remember the legislation he worked on that was to try to make it easier to uh, develop near transit so I do think he's actually a very reason, generally a very reasonable senator. And to his credit, him and his group have been reaching out to and speaking with some uh, real estate organizations and real estate attorneys. So I do think they have been trying to get that voice. And there has been promises that have come recently of changes coming to that legislation. You know, latest I heard, though, is that the changes are going to be like changing the small business criteria from 500 employees to 250 employees or something of that nature. So again, it doesn't solve really the fundamental problems that we just spoke to with the legislation. So I just want to make sure that we're giving them giving them credit where credit is due and that they are at least attempting to, to some extent, to listen to the voices and speak to them as to whether or not it's fully encapsulating some of the concerns of commercial property owners. Yeah, I mean, um, listen, I, I want to applaud many government officials uh, that went into this scenario with a clean heart and an open mind and an intent to help all of us stay safe and healthy you know but sometimes through the best intent people overreact and 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 government isn't the answer to most problems in my opinion in the in the case of silicon valley it's a very self-reliant group many over 50% of our ceos we're not born in this country or, you know, our second generation American. And so they're not expecting anyone to bail us out, right? Um, you know, I'm a small business guy. Dave's a small business guy. Our organizations are small business. Most of our customers are small business. So, uh, you know, I mean, you know, if you offer them free, free things, sometimes they might take it. And sometimes opportunistic people will come out and use that as camouflage. But the reality is, I don't think it's really needed. 
And, um, you know, regarding Senator Weiner's full motivation, you're going to have to get that from him. But at this point, I think it's our position that the bill needs to be defeated. Um, the premise of the bill, which is to help one side of the contract more than the other, is patently unfair. It's patently unconstitutional. And we're hopeful that with, with the, our supporters' uh, assistance and with a little common sense, we'll be able to defeat this. Because as Dave pointed out, it's not just leases. Um, if you undermine contract law in California, some of the exodus that we're already seeing of customers and people leaving California for areas such as Texas and Utah will only increase. We created most of these jobs in California through some good policy and because of some of the wonders um, that California and Northern California offer. And um, we've got to be careful not to undo all of the hard work that's already been laid to make this the most powerful economy in the United States. Yeah. And um, so both of your organizations have a pretty broad and wide membership base. How, how can that base help you in uh, your efforts? You know, we, we were always looking for new members, both the, the uh, Bay Area, San Francisco chapter and the Silicon Valley chapter has pivoted to try to evolve to what we think our members need, more information in a changing environment, uh, more advocacy to get our economies open and protection from the overreach of um, politicians and also partnering with politicians that you know understand business and that really do understand the importance of opening up our economies. I would say that time permitting, we want to hear your voices. We'd love for, for you to join uh, one of our two chapters in the Bay Area. And um, to, the, to the legislators, I would like to say that, you know, it's important to listen to not just the tenants, but you need to listen to the landlords as well. And that um, I, I, I want to reinforce to the legislators because all of the politicians that are trying to help are trying to focus on evictions. And I think perhaps their fundamental premise is wrong. Landlords don't want eviction. It is our last resort. Dave? No, I think that's pretty good. And I always like ending on a ray of hope as well. So uh, if we're speaking to our legislators, what I would say is really exciting about this time when, you know, we are talking about really big issues that we're dealing with and trying to come out of this recession is that our interests are totally aligned between us and the legislators. They want to help commercial tenants, retailers, and small businesses. And we want to help commercial tenants, retailers, and small businesses. Everyone is aligned on this and wanting to help the business community. So let's help business. Let's help all business. And I do have, you know, just a quick example of your earlier question, Vlad, as to what that looks like. There are some state legislators right now who have been putting out proposals that essentially would provide tenants with rent relief and protections from evictions. And the way it would do that is essentially allow the tenants a 10-year period starting in 2024 to pay back that deferred rent and um, the other associated costs to the state. And then the state would therefore provide it as a tax relief to the landlord over that same 10-year period. Now, there's other issues with that legislation. I'm not saying that's perfect and it's the right way to do it, but it's the right idea of the sort of thought process we would love to see out of our state legislators, where it's something where it's really two parties. They're thinking about the landlords, they're thinking about the tenants, they're thinking about all the businesses that are going to suffer and how they can really help both sides of the equation. 
in terms of the question as to our members or commercial real estate professionals who want to get more involved, I'd say a big message that everyone I hope takes away from this is that we really need everybody to step up and participate. I know it may seem like legislation is just one of those things that just happens to us. The train just rolls on through and runs over us, whether we do something or not. So it may feel hopeless, but it really is important for people to get involved. You know, with this, with SB 939, with AB 828, with split roll coming up later in November, there is a lot of sequels that will be coming that will have great effects on our industry. And we need people to participate in, you know, letter writing campaigns to your legislators in donations to the campaigns that are fighting some of these um, pieces of legislation. So please reach out, please get involved. You can find everything online for San Francisco or the Silicon Valley chapter and tons of resources available there. So uh, please reach out and step up. Yeah. Uh, and Dave, that was going to be my sort of final Final question: Where where can people come to learn more more about it? I assume both your websites. Uh, there's some probably newsletters and things like that as well. Absolutely, I know both of us have been putting out newsletters, and both of us have uh, websites with the available resources. And I can't resist, Vlad. I do have to give just a quick plug here for Split Roll, which is very high on our mind uh, as the you know next hammer to pick up for 2020. So that will be a November initiative. And for anyone who's interested in going directly to get involved in that, you should just look up Californians to save Prop 13. And there is a campaign going right now to fight split roll. So please do uh, do make yourself available and find the information that's out there for you. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, thank you, Dave, for bringing that up. Um, obviously, it's another existential threat to jobs. And um, when you think about Americans... Um, and the American economy, 89% of all businesses in America are 20 employees or below. 99.3% are, I think, 500 employees and below. And so America is a jobs machine. And, and California, and particularly Northern California, with its, its, its history and spirit of innovation and entrepreneurship, you guys need to think about legislation and behavior that reinforces the job machine or pushes jobs out of California. I think that's very, very fundamental to us. We survive and thrive as landlords when our tenants survive and thrive. So that's ultimately my myopic perspective. Anything I can do to help my customers survive um, is what I want to support. And, um, and that starts with innovation and, um, and allowing the, the free market to work because it normally does figure it out in the end. So that's all I've got, Vlad. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. Gentlemen, thank you. Stay safe and uh, look forward to hearing from you again very soon. Yeah, thank you for having us. Mutual, sir. 